It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Up and to the Right for the 51st week of 2016. What's in an email domain? Alright, so we're going to move away from the financials for a while. This week, we're going to cover why using an at email, at Yahoo, or at AOL email domain is a bad idea for your business, what you can and should do about it, and some places to go to get started. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords, no hyped-up trends. Here we bridge the gap between your small business passion and sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started or realize the potential you see in it today. This episode of Up and to the Right is brought to you by Audible, and they're offering our listeners a free 30-day trial, along with a free audiobook of your choice, just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Yes, I know, episodes 50 and 51 are pretty much back-to-back here. Sorry about that, we're going to have to chalk that up to year-end crazy. And moving straight into the main topic, running and marketing a small business is hard enough, and we don't want our email address to make it harder. So email is one of the first things and often one of the most frequent interactions you have with customers, vendors, business associates, and investors. I know using that public domain is free and easy. Um, You just go to Gmail and sign up or AOL and sign up and... uh, uh, and, and then you think you have a business email address. But what that tells uh, the world is that your mindset about your small business is that it's small time. And it's, it's uh, okay for a personal email address, but it, it comes across as fairly amateur when you're talking about a profession. Don't get me wrong, I use a Gmail account for my personal email and it works fine. But again, that's personal, not professional. So before I go any further, what is an email domain? Well, it's the the word or letters after the at symbol in your email. So taking johnsmith at gmail.com. John Smith is my email uh is, is my specific email address. At Gmail is my, and actually the .com is included, at gmail.com is the email domain. And some common domains that you might have, uh, you might be familiar with, Gmail, Yahoo, AOL, Comcast, CenturyLink, um, any internet provider almost has, um, when you get your internet service, uh, they'll assign you uh, uh, an email account with your internet service if at your home or even at your business potentially. Um, and they'll, uh, they provide that as a service, as a personal email address. Uh, the problem occurs when we're using that as a professional email address. And so you've got these, uh, you may have this, like I said, johnsmith at gmail.com. Well, uh, compare that to steven.krause at beyond50percent.com or uh, John Smith at hp.com or any other any other business. They're usually associated with your company's website. So take that example a little bit further. Uh, Stephen.krause at beyond50percent.com. 
if you take the beyond50percent.com and you put it in a browser, you go to the beyond50% website. And this can actually act as a marketing shortcut for your business because if your customer sees your email address and uh, wants to visit you on the website, they can uh, they can just cut off your name and put uh, the the email domain in a website or in a excuse me in a web browser, and boom, they're in your web they're on your web page. If you're using a Gmail account or an AOL account or a, a, a Yahoo account that doesn't hold true. So now they don't necessarily have access to your website. So how does this happen? How do people get to the point where they have an email address that's not associated with their company? Um, first of all, some business owners don't realize how actually easy it is to fix. It, it is super easy, and we're going to go through that here in a few minutes. Uh, and some people don't realize how unprofessional it comes across to use a Gmail account or a Yahoo account for business. Many small business owners create a web presence on a third-party platform. And uh, some examples, and so they might not have uh, a company website uh, per se. And some examples of this would be photographers that use a service like PhotoShelter or SmugMug um, as their primary web presence. Then they don't have that, uh, they might not have uh, stephenphotography.com. Uh, and, and so they might use uh, this website as their primary web presence, but then they might use uh, stephenphotography at gmail.com as their, as their email address. Uh, professionals professionals in, in the textile industry may be, used, may be using an Etsy store. And you might, uh, be, you might find a retail, someone doing retail goods on an eBay or an Amazon store. Uh, so there are actual, you know, there are businesses that, that can have a complete web presence uh, that can be very, very sharp, very, very uh, professional and not have their own domain. And so they might not have that custom email address. So now we understand what, what a domain is and, and, uh, and why it might uh, why it might come about, you know, some reasons why people might use them. Who cares one way or the other? And why am I even doing a podcast about this? Well, the bottom, the bottom line is you care and your customers care. And, and, uh, it's like I said a little bit earlier, it's a perception. Much of it is a perception thing. Um, and part of it is a branding thing. So if you take Mary and Joe's woodshop at gmail.com, or Marion Joe's Plants at AOL.com. Uh, it's much more professional to have Joe at Marion Joe's Woodshop.com. Uh, you're going to get taken much more seriously if you have Mary at Marion Joe's Plants.com. Gmail and AOL and Yahoo are free, but they come at a cost to the public perception of your company. And it is really, really easy to fix. So we're going to talk about that here in just one minute. But if you think about this before, before we move on to that, think about this. Think about competition. If your competitors are using public email addresses, then you can get an edge on them by getting your own custom domain. Or if your competitors are using their own custom domains, you can at least recover lost ground in the public perception of your organization by stepping up your game a little bit. 
So what do we do about this? You might be surprised, but it is really, really, really easy and inexpensive to get this fixed. You don't need to hire a consultant. You don't need to get a web hosting guru. Uh, it, it's something anybody can do. You need to choose a domain name, purchase it, choose an email-only hosting package, set up the email account on the host, and follow their instructions to set it up on your email, on your computer, on your phone, whatever your electronic, uh, where, wherever you access email. And, you know, it really is basically five steps. And they are, they are, uh, uh, they're not, they're not difficult at all. So let's just do it. I'm just, let's just walk through how you would do that. Uh, and, and let's get it done. So you choose, choose the domain name, take your company name. And, uh, if you go to search domain, search for a domain, if you put that into a search bar, uh, on your favorite browser, you're going to come up with, uh, some way of searching for a domain name. Uh, if you want to make it really quick, uh, my, my go-to name, ser uh, name search is at namecheap.com. And, uh, then, then you just choose uh, domains from the menu and it'll come up with a search bar. And uh, then you go, uh, you know, maryandjoesplants.com as the search item, if that's your, your, the name of your company, and see what you come up with. In many cases, if you have a, a, a more generic company name, you're going to find that uh, the exact wording is taken. Um, let's say you have uh, uh, Joe's Pest Control. Well, there could be a lot of Joe's Pest Controls across the country. So you may not be able to get Joe's Pest Control all one word just like that. And you may have to go to Joe's-Pest-Control or Joe's Best Pest Control. Um, you can start adding some words, uh, that are descriptive, or you can add some characters. I would be very, very careful about adding, um, any special characters. Some, some simply won't, uh, it won't allow you to use, uh, like asterisks and, and ampersands and stuff like that are not allowed, but, um, uh, so you can, you can add words and try to come up with a domain that, that you like for your business. So if you, uh, you can do a lot of research about a provider, but um, Google, Microsoft, Namecheap, and Bluehost are the four that I'm familiar with. Um, and all of them, Google has actually a name search program that's in beta right now as of, of uh, December 2016. But, um, but they all offer name searching and registration of domain names. Um, I, I spoke to the folks at Bluehost yesterday and they don't offer email only hosting. They offer website hosting. Uh, and I'm not familiar enough with Google and Microsoft, well, uh, with Microsoft's options, uh, to necessarily recommend them. Google has the G suite for business, which is $5 a month per user. So that's an option. Uh, Namecheap has a very inexpensive email only program. Uh, I think you can get the lowest end version for less than $10 a year. Uh, 
Um, so you can have whatever you, you want as your domain name and, and just have, and just pay for that hosting on a, on an annual basis. And like I said, it's very, very economical. So we choose a, a provider and if you, it, all else being equal, if you're only going to do email hosting, um, I would look at Namecheap. It's probably the least expensive of the options that I've, I've listed here. Um, if you're going to use uh, other services, it might be worth looking at uh, either Google or Microsoft, depending on, on what, your, uh, what your business platform uh, is going to be, whether you're going to use Outlook or Google, uh, Gmail um, or not, not at gmail.com, but the Gmail mail interface. Um, and if you're going to host a website, you might want to check out Bluehost if you don't have your own website, uh, and you want to, and you want to build that out. So you've chosen a host or a hosting company. You just purchase it and put, uh, look up the name, put it in your shopping cart and, and, uh, you can add the email only hosting service or whatever hosting service you find appropriate into your uh, account or into your shopping cart as well and, and purchase it that all the, the entire expense can be done for less than $20. Uh, it will probably between be between eight and, uh, $12 to get the registration of the domain name. Uh, that's pretty standard, uh, anywhere between, like I said, eight and $12. Uh, and then email hosting goes between anywhere between $5 a year to, um, like on Google, it's $5 a month for the G Suite uh, for business. So you purchase that domain name. Now all you have to do is they'll, any of these providers is going to send you an, e, uh, an email um, at another email address. So you'll put in a, an administrative email that you currently have access to. And they'll send you an email to there uh, saying, here's your account details. Um sign in at your, at the host's website. And now you're going to, you're going to choose your email address. And that's the part you choose now is the part that comes before the at symbol. And I, I don't like, uh, to see a whole lot of cleverness here. Uh, I, I'm pretty traditional. I think first name, last name at Marion Joe's, uh, plants.com first dot last name at maryandjoesplant.com or first initial last name, same thing. Uh, I certainly wouldn't say maryandjoesplants at maryandjoesplants.com and I would stick away, stay away from impersonal emails like sales at maryandjoesplants.com. Uh, you might have a sales email, but not as your personal email address and not the one that you're going to interact with customers on. Um, so keep it personal, keep it short, at least as short as possible. And, uh, then the next step is add the email to your devices. So once you've added it on the host, you go in, you add it to your phone or your tablet or your desktop or your uh, laptop, whatever computer you're using to get your email and, uh, just add the email and you're done. And this, this is literally, I've talked about it longer than it probably will take you to do it, but it will certainly take you, uh, actually the longest part might be finding the domain name. 
And once you found the domain name, however, the, the registration of it, paying for the hosting, setting up your email, and setting up your computer is uh, literally going to take you less time than I've taken to talk about it. And it's well worth it. So what do I use and why? And I want to talk about this a little bit because I don't think I'm, I'm um, uh, too far off as a, a test case. Uh, I use the Bluehost for domain registration and web hosting. Now, without confusing the issue too much, you, do, you can register a domain at any domain registrar. So uh, Bluehost, Google, um, uh, Namecheap, any, any of them, and you can have hosting on a completely different uh, location. So for example, I, I, and I actually used to have this, I used to have all of my registrations at Namecheap, all of my hosting at Bluehost, and um, or my web hosting at Bluehost. And uh, I did, I used the G Suite uh, from Google uh, for email and, and other business applications. Well, um, you don't need to do that. And, and the reason you might is because you might save a little bit of money. Namecheap might be slightly less expensive uh, on an annual basis than Bluehost, um, and I'm not I'm not saying that's the case today, but uh, but that might be a reason to do that. And if you're hosting a large number of domains, that might be a consideration. But for most of us, we're going to have a few domains um, at at the most, and we're going to have web hosting. For me, it's easier and more cost-effective simply to have everything at one, uh, or as much at one vendor as I can. So I use Bluehost to register my domains. I have my hosting through Bluehost. And I do use Google for my email. And uh, I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I use the, as I mentioned, I use the G Suite for other business applications. Um, and uh, it is very easy to get a Google email onto a phone or a computer or uh, a tablet these days because it's usually integrated into the to the uh, mail operate the operating system for uh, the device so you can you'll add a Google mail it'll be a choice uh, when you go to add it to, to your device or your computer um, so it's very easy there are also a lot of integrated services with uh, Google mail and uh, so uh, if you use a CRM, a customer relationship manager, or some other service uh, that, that you might want to have integrated into your, to your email, um, there are a lot of them that work with Google. So that's why I do it that way. So I use Bluehost for registration and web hosting, Google for my email hosting. And, uh, and the reason I use Bluehost is they have very good WordPress support. And I have done all of the, the website work that I've done uh, in uh, probably the last five or six years has all been uh, on WordPress. And, and I, I like that platform and, and it works really well for me. So uh, I just wanted to throw out the what I do and why. Uh, you certainly don't have to do it that way. And actually, if you're only going to use email uh, and you're not going to host a website or something like that, there are probably less expensive options. All right, so let's move into the reading room for the week. Uh, the book that I, I want to recommend is called Rejection Proof by Jia Zhang. And, uh, you know, building a small business 
is going to involve hearing a lot of no and uh, translate rejection. Uh, you're going to have product development problems. You're going to have marketing campaigns that don't meet your expectations. You're going to have customers or potential customers that simply don't want your service. You're going to want a bank loan that's going to get turned down. You may have feedback from friends and family that isn't favorable. And they, be, they may be trying to do you a favor. They may be trying to save you from yourself, as, as people say. Um, if you're driven to do something, you're going to get a lot of no. And Rejection Proof is the author's story of how he spent 100 days trying to get rejected and his insights on that experience. And, and he tried to get rejected because he was so afraid of rejection. And I think we can all appreciate to some degree that fear. And when I read the book, there were three things that, that stuck out for me. One was that, that uh, the author talks about rejection saying more about the person uh, who is doing the rejecting, more about where that person is coming from, where they are in their, in their life, um, or their, what their experience has been. It says more about them than it says about the person getting rejected. And that's not, that's not to say it says something negative. It just says, uh, it's just that there's more involved on the, re on the person doing the rejecting side, uh, then, then it has to do with the offer that the person who's being rejected has put forward. And for me, that was really helpful to be able to say, okay, this is it, it, not necessarily, uh, this particular rejection is not necessarily about me, you know, or even about my offer. It's, uh, you know, it may have, uh, nothing to do with, uh, uh, with what I'm trying to put forward, uh, it may just have to do with where this person is coming from. And uh, some of the greatest moments in the book are when the author asks for something completely outrageous and then gets it. And what what the the um, takeaway there is that that uh, you know we all hear that if you you're not going to uh, you're not going to get something you didn't ask for. And so if you can uh, put aside your fear of rejection and allow yourself to ask the question, you never know what you might get. And, and you got to read the book because the, this guy got some crazy stuff and, and it was just absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Um, the, the last thing that I want to touch on, on the, on the book, um, and, and I'd love to hear, you know, it, you guys pick up this book, read it, and leave a comment at uh, beyond50percent.com forward slash 2016W51 and, and leave what you got out of the book. But the, uh, the last thing I want to touch on is that, you know, when you, one of the things he talks about is how to ask and when you get rejected, how to ask why and get the feedback about why you're getting rejected or why that rejection is happening. Uh, because a lot of us stop at no. Some we say, you know, here's my offer. Customer says no, and we walk away. And if we just said why, we could get information that might help us either make that sell later or tailor our offer so that the next time we ask, we've, we've, incorporated that information and maybe we don't get no. 
So as a listener to the Up and the Right podcast, you can get Rejection Proof or one of over 150,000 titles for free on Audible by signing up for a 30-day free trial. You can check out their service, get a great book. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right for your free audiobook. In just a few minutes, and with very little expense, you can transform the way your email reflects on your business. It's really as easy as this. Choose a, no- choose a domain name, register it, choose your email hosting service, create the email name, and update your devices. If you have questions about choosing a provider or a valuable insight about email-only hosting, leave a comment on the post for this episode at beyond50percent.com forward slash 2016w51. Once you get your new email set up, email me at stephen.krause at b50p.com and let me know how it went. That's Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot Krause, K-R-A-U-S-S-E at b50p.com and let me know how it went. Thanks for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each Thursday, so subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Like you, we're always working to have a more profound impact, so if there's something we can do better, please email us at fix.it at b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Now let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.